Welcome to the Relationship Church Podcast. Have you ever felt inadequate? Like the challenges of life are too great for your abilities? In today's message, Just As I Am, Vernell Warlick shares how it's not our ability, but God's grace that causes us to overcome. We join this message already in progress. make someone deaf or not speak? Who can make a person blind? Uh, Who can make a person able to see? He says, I am the one. I am the Lord. So he says, so go and I will be with you. Hallelujah. I love that. He says, so go. I will be with you uh, when you speak. I will give you the words to say. But Moses, he, he, he continued to, to complain. Well, well, well my Lord, I, I beg, can you send someone else, not me? Then the Lord became angry with Moses and said, all right, I'll give you someone to help you. Aaron, the Levite, is your brother, right? Isn't he? He is a good speaker. In fact, Aaron is already to coming, he's already coming to meet you. And he will be happy to see you. I will tell you what to say. Then he says, then you will tell Aaron. And I will help him. I will help him say, say it well. I will tell, your, tell both of you what to do. So Aaron, I'm sorry. So Aaron will speak to you like God. I, you will speak to him. And he will tell the people what to say. So God, so go ahead and go out and carry your walking stick. He says, use it and the other miracles to show people that I am with you. Hallelujah. I hear the voice of the Lord. He spoke to me and he said, some of us are going to have to go back to that place where we were rejected. Some of us are going to have to go back to that same place where we were hurt. He says some of us are going to have to actually have to go back to the place where we were the ones doing the hurting. Back to that familiar territory. Back, uh, but this time, somebody say this time, it will be different. This time, when you go back, you won't get stuck in what you can't do or your inability because of how you can speak or your inability of what you can do. This time, when you go back, you will not only you will not only come out of where you are, but you're getting ready to bring somebody else out as well because you are willing to be obedient. Come on, somebody say this time. Come on, have you ever been in a place where you were not obedient, but God said, when you go back this time, not only are you coming out of what you're going through, but you're getting ready to bring the person next to you out. Come on, somebody clap your hands and give them glory. Hallelujah. This time, not only will you come out, but you will bring the people who are assigned to your life out of bondage because you obeyed the voice of the Lord. And this time, you will know and have assurance that God is with you. Hallelujah. Look at your neighbor say, this time, I'm coming out and I'm bringing you with me. So Acts 7 and 35 says, then Moses, whom had, whom they had rejected with the words, they said, who made you ruler and judge? Is the one who God sent to be their, their ruler and redeemer through the angel who appeared to him in the bush? He led 
them out and performed wonders and signs in the land of Egypt at the Red Sea and for 40 years in the wilderness. See, we have to be careful of who we throw away. Amen? We have to be careful of who we label as an unfit person or they're no good or they're damaged goods because guess what? God can use who he wants. It does not matter what you've done in your life. God can use you just as you are. It does not matter what your skill set may be. God can use you, yes you, just as you are. It does not matter what your failures are. God can use you just as you are. It does not matter what your inability is. God can use you just as you are. Guess what? Your issue is no match for the power of God. If you don't believe me, let me give you some examples. Abraham was too old. Elijah was suicidal. Joseph was abused. Job went bankrupt. Moses had a speech problem. Gideon was afraid. Samson was a womanizer. Rahab was a prostitute. The Samaritan woman was divorced. Jonah was a drunk. Jeremiah was young. Jacob was a cheater. David was a murderer. Jonah ran from God. Naomi uh, was a widow. Peter denied Christ three times. And Martha worried about everything. Zacchaeus was too small and was money hungry. And the disciples couldn't stay awake when it was time to pray. And then we have Paul, who was a Pharisee. He, he was a Pharisee and a, a persecutor of Christians before he even came one. So you can see all of these people that God used in the Bible, but yet they had some type of issue. So my, my, my message to you today is no matter where you are, and I'm not talking about sin because we need to uh, move those things out of the way, but just how God made you, you got to be okay with that thing. And you have to know that he can use you, yes, you, just as you are. I just want to talk about uh, Paul a little bit. So, so, of course, his name was Saul as well. And he was born in the city of Taurus. Saul was born in a uh, to a couple who were Jews. Saul knew uh, the Torah. This is the first five books of the Bible. Can anybody say the first five books of the Bible? I didn't say repeat. Say it again. <laughs> funny. All right. Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy. He said the first five books of the Bible. <laughs> this is also known as the Pentateuch, and it reflects on the traditional Jewish grouping these books together, and it's also known as the Torah. So he was a Jew above all the Jews because he had mastered the five books of the Bible. Um, but not only was he a Jew, but he was also a Roman citizen. See, I didn't know all of this stuff until I started researching because I just thought that Paul was just against the Christians. But he actually believed in God. He did not believe in Jesus. So, uh, so it says, um, so be, because he was from a wealthy family. He inherited, he inherited, inherited, I'm sorry, his citizenship from his father. He had uh, access to things that the Roman citizens could do. And he was also given a name, Paulus, or short, short Paul. Now he did not like the name Paul. And the Jews were his friend, they called him Saul. 
But the Roman officials called him Paul. And I said, now why didn't he like the name Saul? And I kept on studying, uh, the name Paul, and I kept on studying. And he did not like the name Paul because in the Greek, Paul meant small. Come on, has anybody ever been in a place where you didn't want to be something because it wasn't big enough? But in, in, in this, he, so he did not want to be called Paul because it was small. He liked and preferred the Hebrew name Saul because it represented so many things. Saul in the uh, Old Testament was the first king over Israel and was, he was huge and he was tall and so uh, it represented him being uh, strong and big and so that's the name that he wanted to go to go with. He was proud of the name Saul. So he hears about a new rabbi in the town named Jesus. Somebody say Jesus. Now Jesus wasn't too far from Saul's age and he already had his own disciples and following and people followed him. He thought, now Jesus is just like me. I mean, you know, he's no better than me. People are following this Jesus and they're claiming that he was the true prophet and he was the son of God and he was the Messiah. He thought, how dumb could this be that they would treat a man like as he is God? No way. So he pretty much was jealous of Jesus. He wanted people to talk to him like people talk to Jesus. It, but, he, but it wouldn't be long before uh, the Jews who were his friends would come and they would capture and beat and kill uh, Jesus. And that he, he thought at that point, okay, it won't be no more because Jesus is gone now. But he watched them beat Jesus and put the crown of thorns on him. He, walk, uh, he walked up the hill and, and, and put, he was put on the cross. I'm talking about Jesus to die. He even applauded when Jesus was being killed. He thought that this was blasphemous that they, this Jesus would uh, carry on like this. He felt like he was a false prophet. Uh, so like I said, he knew the first five books of the Bible, so he understood what Moses and Abraham, Isaac and Jacob, but he was like, hold on, we, I know who God is, but you all are saying this God is, is, is Jesus. There's no way that that's the case. So he even applauded when they, you know, were going to kill Jesus. He saw that Jesus died and he thought all the riffraff was over. Jesus would die now, so days later, he started hearing them talk about this Jesus and that he wasn't dead, he was alive. So he made it his business to persecute all of the Christians. He locked them up and he beat them, killed some of them. And, 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 and so the name Saul began to be a fear to people. They said, oh no, we don't want this Saul coming along uh, because he's going to kill us. So that's why he was a persecutor of the Christians. All the people who he uh, uh, took to jail, he took them into prison and he captured this one guy named Stephen. This is what I was talking about earlier. We were reading from Stephen and he couldn't get it out of his head because all the other people, when it came to them getting ready to be killed, of course they like, you know what? Just, just like, um, just like Peter did. I don't know Jesus. I don't know what you're talking about. And, and, and to be honest, if any of us was probably in that place, that would have probably crossed our mind and be like, you know what? I want to live, so I'm going to 
I'm going to say, I don't know who this person is. But that's not what uh, Stephen did. Even until his death, he began to go back through those first books of the Bible. And Paul realized, okay, I agree with all of this until he got to Jesus. He like, oh, no, I don't agree with that at all. And so Paul, of course, is a persecutor of the Christians. He's been locking them up. He's going from town to town at this point, and he's locking them up. But he did not know that he was on a road where God was getting ready to change his life. Come on, have you ever been in that place where you felt like I'm going to do me, and I'm about to do what I want to do, and something happens where God changes you in the midst of it? Hallelujah, this is what happened with Paul. Okay, so... So let me go back, I want, and I'm about to wrap up, but I want to go back because I want you to understand. So with the Jews, like I said, they called him Saul, and with the Romans, they called him Paul. So that was his name the entire time, but God had to change the core of who he was. So while he was on this road where he thought everything was getting ready to be like it had been, where we're about to collect all of these Christians and kill them, God, he came in Acts 9, and I'm going to read through this. It says, so so Paul became a follower of Jesus Christ. Uh, verse 1, it says, In Jerusalem, Saul was still trying to scare the followers of the Lord, even saying he would kill them. He went to the high priest and asked him to write a letter to the synagogues in the, the city of um, Damascus. Saul wanted the high priest to give him the authority to find the people in Damascus who were following of the way. This is what the people of that time were called. They were called the way, they, and they were following Jesus. Amen. So he says, if he finds any believers there, men, women, he would arrest them and bring them back to Jerusalem. Verse 3 says, so Saul went to to Damascus and when he came near the city a very bright light this is what I'm talking about he was on his normal route but something happened this time I told you this time when you go back things are going to change you're going to come out a different way and sometimes it may have to take us some type of destruction for God to get our attention and that's what happened with Saul on his way to Damascus he says when he came near the city a very bright light from heaven suddenly shined around him. It says, and he fell to the ground and heard the voice saying to him, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? This is how I know, I know that he knew God. He says, because it says in verse 5, Saul said, who are you, Lord? Hmm. He says, so, and the, and the voice answered him and said, I am Jesus. The one who you've been, you are persecuting. Get up and go into the city. Someone there will tell you what you must do. Amen. The men traveling with Saul, they stood there, unable to speak. They heard the voice, but they saw no one. Saul got up from the ground and opened his eyes, but he couldn't see a thing. So the men with him held his hand and led him into Damascus. For three days, Saul did not see, he did not eat, or he did not drink. Verse 10 says, there was a follower of Jesus in Damascus named Ananias. And in a vision, the Lord said to Ananias, I want you to go to him, and I want you to lay hands on him. So I'm sure 
Ananias probably was like, I don't have the power to do this, but he had the power of Jesus on the inside of him. So when he went to lay hands on him, and I'm about to remember, but he went to lay hands on uh, Paul, was solid, and he went to lay hands on him and saw, the, the Bible says the scales, it was like scales that fell from his eyes. And then he was able to see again. Some of us are just like that. Some of us are, uh, we, yeah, we come to church and we, we do the work and we do, uh, we do the things of, of coming to church, but we yet still do not obey when God says do this. When he says go lay hands on the sick, they shall recover. When he says go give somebody a hug, or just uh, when you're thinking of them, just text them or call them. Sometimes we won't do it because we're not sure or our ability or well, I'm not the pastor or I'm not the evangelist. God can use you just as you are. So at the end of the day, God changed Saul. He was no longer the same. And he had to go back to those same people who he persecuted. And he began to be one of them. Now, at first, they didn't want to accept him because they remember who he was. But after a while, there were some things that happened. But after a while, they realized, okay, he is converted. If God can change Saul, he can change you. Amen. God can change anybody. Ephesians 1 and 18 says, I pray that the eyes of your heart be open so that ye may know the hope to which he, he has called you. When Jesus blinded him, he wasn't trying to get him to naturally see, but he wanted him to see from his heart. Some of our hearts, our eyes are open, but our heart is closed. Our hearts are closed to the things of God. Our heart is closed to treating people the way that we want to be treated. Our hearts are closed to, to seeking God and, and praying to him. And, and, but God says, you know what? Sometimes I got to blind you in order for you to see. My Lord. Sometimes God has to take some things from us in order for us to see that he needs our heart to be open. I just want you to understand. So I want to go back and read these scriptures again from the beginning. And I, and I want you to have the assurance now that it's not us. It's not our ability. But it's all in Jesus. So... Romans 9, 15 through 18 says, for he says to Moses, I will have mercy on whom I have mercy. I will have compassion on whom I have compassion. So I want you to understand that it's not our ability. It's only because of the mercies of God. Hallelujah. Come on, somebody ought to praise God for that. For we have to understand that it's not our thoughts. It's his thoughts, and his thoughts and his ways are higher than our ways. So we may feel like, I'm not ready for that. I don't want to do that. This is too much for me. But we cannot do it in our own ability. For Philippians 4 and 13 says, I can do all things. It didn't say through ourselves. It didn't say through our own strength. But it says, I can do all things through who? Christ. 
It's because of his mercies that we are not consumed and it's because of the strength that he gives us which allows us to do what he has, to, has, has for us to do. Come on, somebody bless the name of Jesus right now. Come on, clap your hands and really bless him. Come on, if you've been encouraged to know that, yeah, you may not be who you think you want to be, but guess what? You are somebody in Christ. So I hope that you receive something through this message because so many people are discouraged. Some people, so many people are going to church out of tradition, but yet their heart is still closed. If you ever feel like you're not worthy enough, remember that Jesus used a bunch of flawed people to share hope to a flawed world. In him we find a, ren a renewed mind. Jesus didn't equip, Jesus didn't equip the call. He didn't want us to come equipped, but he equipped us for the call that he had for us. So I just want you to understand that, and I hope that God has changed something about you in the midst of this, to know that he can use you just as you are. We pray that today's message has been a blessing and makes an eternal impact on your life. Come join us live on Sunday at 12.45 p.m. Central Time. If you're in the St. Louis metro area, we meet at 1060 Chambers Road, a little over a mile south on Bell Fountain Road from Highway 270. You can also join us via Zoom. The login number is 314-720-8880. You can call that same number to reach someone on our ministry team or text the word connect there to be in the know regarding upcoming events. Again, that number is 314-720-8880. We are Relationship Church. Come grow with us.